There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Derek. <laughs> and I'm Ray. I'm Alice Reed. Welcome back to another episode of... Mostly Mostly Hello, everybody. Hi, guys. Hey. Wow, where's the vim? Where's the energy? <laughs> All right, let me just move around for you. Oh, thank you. Give me more spice. I move away. You still move up next to me. It's the magnetism. One, two, one, two. It works. It's fine. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Yeah. All right, guys, welcome to Mostly Lit. Um, I don't like the energy. You don't like, They're not guys, loud enough. Guys, we need to hear some energy from you. Come on, yeah. guys. Welcome to Mostly Lit. Cool. Um, so I'm Alex Reeds. I'm Ray. And I'm Derek Owusu. And uh, Mostly Lit is basically a pop culture podcast which talks about books um, and pop culture and obviously and everything else around it. Yep. Yep. Try to meet the intersection in between. Um, am I missing anything else out on the description? It's the... No, that's it really. Right. I was going to add something else, but I was like, no. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, we're mostly lit. We record and we put our episodes every week, every Monday. Make sure you check it out. And let's get started with the show. Cool. We usually start with a section called What Are You Reading? And Wait, you're going to miss out on the How's Your Week? Or the preamble, How's Your Week? Oh, God. All right. Yeah. Not like, Alex, how's your week been? Can I go last? Okay, cool. Derek, how's um, your week been? <laughs> You know, I'm just actually, you know, I'm just, um, I'm, <laughs> I haven't been doing much to be honest. I've been at home reading, reading some great books actually. Yeah. Um, watching some great movies. Started watching Lucifer, which is good. Lucifer. Lucifer. So you can watch Lucifer, but you don't want to watch the Sabrina show on Netflix. Because Sabrina looks rubbish. That is some, doesn't. Uh, okay. It's not. It's got nothing to do with the demonic. I can handle that stuff. The juju is nothing to me. It's fine. <laughs> the juju you know is mean? nothing. To me. It's nothing to me. Like people bang juju in ends. It's nothing. So at the end of the day, Sabrina looks. Dead. It looks boring. It's, it's like, not. It's really good. I feel I like you I'm, guys should give it a go. I'm yeah. also used to like Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which is like very, very yeah. like, you know what I mean? Yeah, so this ain't it. Taking it <laughs> At in all. that direction is a bit, yeah. for me, I don't know. Well, yeah. I recommend all of you guys to go and watch it. I'm not sponsored by Netflix, but maybe I could be one day. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Alex. Okay, fine. I'll tell my week then. Um, 
My week's been great, actually. Mm. Work's been great. Mm. I even managed to go to cinema to watch um, Venom. Oh. I know. I like so it. So I finally watched it. Here's the thing, yeah. I've been hearing a lot of talk. Venom, the plot, was shit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so... I don't know if you guys know, but there's like this, you know, Tom Hardy looking fly as he does. And then there's this like symbiote and um, they come together and it's a perfect match. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, the, you know, he's supposed to be the bad guy in it. And as you know, bad guys go through change. Maybe there's something in them that might be, be redeemable. Well, yeah, he's presented as this thing that needs to be. It's like anti-hero. Is it the yeah. anti-hero thing? Yeah. Well, he's a bad guy. Um, <laughs> and then... Instead of you to know, like, to see closely, like, maybe how he turns good or the things that he thinks about and the things that trouble him to reach this conclusion of, oh, actually, maybe Earth, I don't want to destroy Earth. He literally just says, oh, yeah, I've changed my mind. And I was like... I mean, it'd be like that sometimes. I know, but I literally, I was in the cinema and I was like, what? I feel like you're. I feel like you're asking too much of this. You wanted no. to, go, you wanted to follow a, through. It's, it's what literally just a brainless. Suit. I feel like you've you've really taken in all of the Marvel stuff. It's not a, no. The I don't know where like you're Marvel. Universe, yeah, so yeah, you're right. kind of like. No, oh, I'm, I'm not. I, I this, well, like, character development is not solely dependable, or is you cannot only find character development in Marvel. There's loads no, of Marvel but, but that isn't. Character I'm saying development. the Marvel Cinematic Universe are very good at doing that kind of. They thing. are, but just but because Venom, they're good at it doesn't mean other people can't take that on and do it as well. Venom is a different kind of. Venom is just a fun movie. It's just fun. So yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it is fun. It's mm. hilarious. So that it is one no redeemable thing. To any of the, I don't, I don't, I don't know about. No, Marvel. but you should stay at the end because it says it's in association with Marvel, and you know, at the end of a movie in Marvel, you stay behind. Yeah. But when it said in association with Marvel, I was like, okay, so did anything they... happen at the end? Yeah. It did. Oh, okay. I just stayed just no, in no, case. Nothing that links it to the cinematic universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah nothing. nothing. It's no, not, no. It has nothing. Anyway, to do. but yeah, that's what I watched, and then I went to watch. Um, I went to to the theatre to watch this show called The Hose. Okay. Okay. And it was very traumatic. Mm-hmm. I don't recommend. <laughs> but if you do go, just have your wits about you. And, yeah, I had to go home and listen to Disney films because I was so traumatised. You're not giving us anything. Okay, That's so what? it's about... The thing is, it's good for what it does, right? So it's about these three girls who go to Ibiza and it's about their relationships and it's about how they view love, how they view sex, how they view affection and their past traumas and how they basically deal with that as young uh, millennial women. And there's a particular character in there who's very, like, he's going for a lot. And she basically wants, has tried to take her life and you see her struggle with how she deals with that like in your face Mm -hmm. but it's so much that they balance it off with this humor that like you can't even process the emotion Mm -hmm. it just goes from whole and then oh but let's have sex and i'm just like i've never watched it's so good it's it's so powerful and i really commend um the writers for what they've done but it I've never watched something, and I've and me, I love to watch shit that makes me cry and makes me lose my mind. But I've never watched something that made me want to get up and leave because it was so uncomfortable. But that means it's just. I feel like that means it's just powerful. That means it's good. No, there is there is good. It's doing what it's supposed to do. No, there is good, but there must also, I guess, be an element of art. Mm. Like there is good. I feel like it's not good. No, but I feel like you're basically now saying that art has to have limits. It needs to be. 
it needs to be it needs to tell no. the truth but not right. too much truth it needs to make Absolutely everybody not. feel comfortable in no. that's, that's, that's life but, that's but how it works I, why, why must I watch something that makes me want to get up you don't so you can, you can get up and leave. yeah but that's what I'm saying I'm like for me anyway like for you maybe you would have liked it right yeah. I didn't like it and but to tell people not to go and watch it because it's yeah but, that, but then I give recommendations all the time so I'll tell you don't go to this restaurant because the food is rubbish that's not a recommendation. That's not a recommendation. That, that is. That's, that's, that's not. That's imparting me. your opinion on somebody else. <laughs> yeah, that is a recommendation. I think, I think, I think we need no, to he said. No, no. What I'm saying no, is, I saying, recommend you. No, no, no. No, I said I would recommend you not go to that restaurant <laughs> because the food is rubbish, and therefore no. I would recommend you to go to this because if you must see it, cool. It's up. Right. If you go, have your wits about I'd you. I'd say go. You could just say, and would you recommend your it? Own opinion I wouldn't recommend it. I would it. recommend it. I wouldn't recommend that's it. What but, I said. But, but go on. No, you say, don't go and watch it. Yeah, that's what I said. Don't There's go watch it. There's a difference between saying, don't go and watch it, and I wouldn't recommend it, but tell yeah. you go watch it. Well, personally, I really feel for you guys. So and you were just traumatizing your inner feeling. I literally had to walk out and stand to the corner, and my friend was like, just lay it out. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, in the, in the street. Whole street. That's what I'm saying. It was just a lot, like. Yeah. Anyway, Alex. How you, how <laughs> um, well, my week was yeah. pretty much spent watching um, that sub, that chilling adventures of Sabrina. See. Yeah, and mm. I'm sorry. There's a bit in there with the whole exorcism, and it moves. It moves completely crazy. I just, I don't know. There's a whole lot of praise satans in there, and you know the false god and the underworld, and it just makes it. It moves crazy. I love the. But the I still watch yeah. It. I, don't I, yeah. It, I don't know what it is. Something like, that keeps. There's you something up. that keeps telling me this is. It's because the devil moves you, Alex. That's why. All right, so moving on. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I've been basically doing this week. Yeah. Um, yeah, and just writing and just trying to keep up with... What are you reading? Let's start with you. What, are you what reading? am I reading? Ah. I'm reading... Um, I'm reading several things, but Mitch Albom's got a new book. Um, so he wrote The Five People You Meet you in love Heaven. Mitch. You love, I lo- you love I, my life, I, Mitch. I actually love his books. Yeah. Um, I've got that book. Yeah, which one? That book. The Five People You Meet in Heaven. I think you gave it to me. I probably did. Um, but the five people you meet in heaven, mm. he's got a sequel called The Next Person You Meet in Heaven. Oh, and it kind of tells one of the stories of... I think he's the, doing that just for money. One of the girls. Like, that, the, like the Alchemist 2. Probably. Yeah. But, it's, but it's not... Alchemist 2? No, there's not enough. Oh, thank God. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's beautifully written. And um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm only at the, at the top of it. Yeah. But it's a, it's a very comfortable read. And it's very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, and I'm reading this book called The Silent Guides by Steve Rogers. He wrote The Chimp Paradox. And it's basically okay. trying That's like to, psychology, isn't it? Yeah, he's trying to get you to undo all of the things that, hmm, like that you've kind of learned from childhood, and trying to figure out the way that you think, mm. and then so you can kind of process adulthood, I guess, and also impart that knowledge onto your children if you are parents mm. and the such. Nice. But um, it's triggering, but it's cool. Like, just I've just been sitting in, I've literally been sitting in my room watching mm. the, that, the devil, that devil shit mm. and, um, <laughs> and uh, reading about psychology and yeah. stuff. But yeah, that's what I've been doing. That's what I've been reading. Nice. What so are you guys reading? I'm, I started reading Liquidation because I thought that was the book that we were doing today. Turns out it's not. Amazing. Lost in the ether. Um, <laughs> and I love the writing and I love how it goes from prose to play, even though prose to dialogue essentially I love that transition mm. um, also, it's just a bit bleak and you know me I just don't like bleak shit because I'm like why I can just live life if I want to know bleak stuff right I don't have to read it is life life doesn't have to be bleak no. you can't live your life avoiding the bleak that's why you I'm not saying I'm no but I'm in reading I'm, I'm reading something I'm like living something else I can live my life and mm. see bleakness and interact with it mm. but when I'm reading this is something that I actively choose to do mm. so sometimes I'm not in the mood to read people's depression and rubbish shit about how shit life is mm. sometimes I want something that uplifts me and I think liquidation isn't something that is uplifting have you finished it no okay um 
what else am I reading? Oh, I'm still carrying on with um, Alexis Arthur's um, How, How to, to Love, love a Jamaican. Jamaican. How do you love a Jamaican? Have you figured it out yet? I've been loving Jamaicans, you know, so I love you. You love Nigerians, stop lying. <laughs> First of all, why do you have stop to like, tell people my business like that? Sorry, sorry, okay. <laughs> I, love um, I love everyone because my love doesn't have no has no caps and stuff. Um, okay. But yeah, so that's, that is, those are the two things that I'm reading. All right, cool. How, what are you reading, Derek? Um, I'm dipping into a couple of books. I'm dipping into a book called um, The Naked and the Dead by Norman Mailer. Mm-hmm. Dipping into that. Because I, I realise I, I don't haven't really read any kind of like post-war novels except for like Jean-Paul So I haven't really read anything. So I'm reading that. And I'm going to read Birdsong after I know you love that book. Yeah. Um, and I'm also dipping into, oh my God, what's it called? I can't remember. A Hungarian author. He's basically... He's a film... No, sorry. He's, he's Swedish. He's a filmmaker. I can't remember his name. But he's written books basically about his family growing what? up. But it's, it's set out like a play. Mm. Yeah. Obviously, it's a novel, but it's, 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 it's set out like a play. But it's... it's um. Why are you reading Hungarian authors? Because, you know what I realised? Like, you know, I always get insulted for reading dead white males. How you love dead white... But in my mind, dead white male means dead white English, American perhaps maybe Russian authors. Why? What's the difference between that and, like, a Hungarian author? They're not as well-known. They're not as widely read. So if you're saying read diversity, that means they should be included in that because they're not widely read. But so diversity to you doesn't mean... Like, diversity to me doesn't just mean black. It means it means people who are not widely read. So it means Icelandic, like, Highland or Laxonist. So means you have found a loophole, like, Eric. Liquidation. It's not a loophole. You've sidestepped. It's not a loophole. But look, think about it. Have you ever read uh, an author who's from, uh, let's say, for example, Kosovo or something? You haven't. It's a tractor book. That's from Ukraine. He's from Ukraine. Okay, my bad. Um, do you know what I mean? So <laughs> I thought, like, yeah, reading diversely to me means reading outside of the normal literary canon, outside mm. of Dickens, um, uh, Tolstoy, all these. What are you things. getting from that in terms of what are the narratives that are prevalent? from people I get to in, see in, so let me use uh, let's see a book called Fish Can Sing by Handel Laxness he's Icelandic right by who sorry Halador Laxness so basically it's a really hot name isn't it? the book is is it isn't it Laxness is Halador it's basically like he's telling the story about you know he, a young boy and uh, it's about his, his cousin who's become not his cousin a girl who becomes a singer she leaves uh, Iceland but basically what's important well, what I liked about the book is the daily life of what it was like in Iceland mm-hmm. about you know the fish the selling of the fish the people the lodges in his house the characters the kind of people that they are mm. the kind of rituals that they go through there's one guy who dresses up in you know his army uniform every single day not every day but on a particular day do you know what I mean it's, yeah. it's the characterizations and me realising that I don't know anybody from Iceland I, I haven't met anybody from, from Hungary before do you know what I mean so reading these stories to me, is reading diversely. It's not. It's not just let's let's get some you know like, African American authors in there, and I'm reading that. I don't. I don't think that's reading diversely. But it's bro. like what I said to you about reading. I've never read anything from Australia, and I was reading that. Yeah. That oh, book. and then I then I found an author for you to read. I can't remember his name, but he wrote a book. It won the Man Booker Prize. It's called Oscar and Lucinda. He's Oscar. From Oscar and Lucinda. The book's called Oscar. And Lucinda. Yeah. He's from and Australia. I personally Peter Carey. He's Peter Carey. I don't really. There's something when I read books in translation that I always realise I'm missing like something about translated books Mm. that I'll read it and there'll always be this gap and I feel like the gap is the things that are lost in translation so I find it really hard to connect Mm. because I'm like oh there's just something there how do you know 
I know. How I'm somebody know? that has, like, I know a different language, so I know. That doesn't, that doesn't No, mean, I know. Sorry, like, sorry, if I tell like you proverbs, I know, then I know, innit? Like proverbs. Not even proverbs. Like it's like, there's some things that I'm reading and I'm like, actually, maybe I just there's something missing I feel like that's here. a bit, I, I personally feel like that's like a, a snob. I'm not saying it's you're not snob. snobby. I think it's a snob. I am a snob, but it's not it's snobby. like you get those donuts, you're like, oh, you have to read Dante in Italian. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you have to read it in their language. I'm saying that I recognise that there is something, there is a gap. And I'm not saying that it makes a book bad. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that there is a gap there that I know could be filled with me knowing the language. Perhaps and if I know the language, mm-hmm. I think there'll what be some sort of magic. Though, what if what if tra- to translating it into English adds something to it rather than subtract? Um, I don't know Why if that's always way? the case. Do you know a different language? No, Can no, you speak a different no, language? Okay, well, I've never... It's for me, it's never been there's something missing there's there's something that needs to be added mm-hmm. it's always been there's something. something missing or even not even missing but it's just like the breadth of something so it's i'll, I'll say a word though. in like yeah. swahili and i'll say it and i'll try and mimic the word in english it's and it's either it's too large or it's too small yeah. i don't know it I, doesn't I, yeah, quite make when, it perfect so right i did a few modules on that you have to translate the stuff mm. but you, you can't and you, and you do have to take a lot of meaning and shift the meaning yeah you have to shift, shift it all it. around but you shouldn't really you shouldn't be really concerned yourself with that if you don't, I don't, know, yeah, language. I, don't know. I know but i just always feel the gap i mean if you guys don't feel the gap that's your own personal problem I mean, but saying, i feel I it anyway let's move on but yes so those are the books we're reading this week um so today oh. we're read, we're talking about a short story, yeah, written by Zadie Smith, which was first featured in the New Yorker, isn't it? Uh, basically, she's, she's yeah, she's got it in her book, Feel Free, Feel as Free well. as well. Yes, it's in Feel Free. Uh, she takes on the persona of Billie Holiday, and basically, it's, it's kind of just like an internal monologue, isn't it? Mm-hmm. She's talking about Billie Holiday, what she's going through, what people want from her, people take from her. We all know who Billie Holiday is, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah, so let's let's not insult the audience, Alex. No, I'm just saying. Some 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 people might be like, "Who's that?" Okay, yeah. Um, um, yes. So African American singer, of course. Okay. And she talks about strange fruit and what it's like to perform that, and kind of men she meets, the people she meets, and the kind of questions that people ask her when they meet her. And I, I personally, at the beginning as well, it's kind of like she lose. She's she talks about different. She talks about different Billie Holiday. She talks about Miss Holiday and then Billie Holiday. And then her, Lady, her Day. Lady Day. Yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's kind of like, wow, I started just thinking that, okay, you know, because when we meet authors and we interview them, we always ask them the same banal questions, probably because we think we can't get too personal with them. Yeah. You know? Um, but the way, obviously, Zadie Smith, is, and she's written it so well that I'm talking about it as if to say, Billie Holiday actually wrote this. Do you think it was written really well? Of course. Yeah, I when I was reading it, I was actually kind of like, so I'm talking about, I'm like, I need to keep remembering that Billie Holiday didn't write this. I Zadie was thinking Smith. like, is this an extract from her autobiography? Yeah. Then I was like, yeah. Zadie Smith wrote this, so how is it? Sure. I was exactly. confused. But yeah, I get what you're saying. It's, it's, you, didn't, it's, you, didn't like, you didn't think that it was well that written? It's that good. You didn't think it was well written? Okay. Oh my God. So I thought it was wonderful. <laughs> and at the end I was like, is that it? I want more. But I don't think... So this is actually the first Zadie Smith I've read, mainly because I refuse to read Zadie Smith because there's always this, like... You refuse? You need to get over this. I don't even refuse. You're actually missing out. Okay, that's that's cool. I don't think I am, but okay. Um, It's not even that. It's more so there is... You know when an author is so well talked about, so well publicised but not in a light-hearted way. So every time I hear Zadie Smith, I know that the topic is going to be quite heavy. Um, it's yes, going to be quite depth, dense. Yeah. Depth, uh-huh. And not I'm even. not even... 
It might not be, but that's that's what I've seen. That's how it's publicized. She's a very serious person, right? And so every time I'm like, it's a Zadie Smith book, it's like, <sighs> and that, I'm just like, oh, you should God. actually, you should actually read White Teeth. <laughs> um, it's so funny. It's hilarious. Mm. So I tried to read Swing Time. That's more serious than White Teeth. Yeah. I tried. Mm. And before I was like, the cover's so pretty. And then at the end I'm like, why is it so yellow? <laughs> it was just too much. Um, and so I put it down because I literally didn't even get 10 pages in. And so there's always been this heaviness with Zadie Smith. So when I read this, I went into it like, it's going to be some deep shit. You know, I just woke up. I'm tired. I want to watch Grey's Anatomy. Mm. Cool. Which isn't actually it's quite still deep as well. Um, so I read it and I, I liked the way she writes. It's very, you know, it has a pace to it, it has a rhythm. But she I doesn't do, write like that normally, you know. She wrote like that to imitate Billie yeah. Holiday's, the way she speaks yeah. her cadences and yeah. stuff. But like that. I do think I felt that mm. and I felt that it was very contrived. And I don't know whether I like how, as in, I'm, I'm sure she reread, she reread it and she re- she did this and she tried to get in the mind of someone. I'm just like, bitch, just write. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And so because it was so contrived, I found it very hard to be lost in it. Mm. Um, like there was a part when she talks about, she talks mm. about in in the short story, she's like, oh, you know, and I'm the type of lady that children love. And I don't even try. Children just love me when I'm in the mood. And I'm like- I mean, that's not what she said. Okay, well, the gist. <laughs> and you know, she's somebody that is able to sit down with a child and bust joke and shit, you know? And nobody else really does that with children. And I was just like, first of all, how the hell did we get to this section? Because That's, it was so random, and you know it was random. I Tell mean, me how I, that led to that. Can I, can I break it down? For you? As, as he said, so he's breaking down the, different, break down the different sections of. And, and then, and then, and then, like, oh no, no! But it was so like, I know I wasn't lost in it because she was like, yeah, men love me, and I don't even know why they do. Even, even, no, 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 come on, come on. I will read it to you, basically, guys. You are really no, guys, no, guys. Okay, first of all, you can have your time, but let me have mine. <laughs> so, she, like, you know, I'm not saying it word for word, but she basically said, you know, I have, like, I have this thing, men just love me. I don't even know why, and which is to the point where lovers come in and out. And, and then I have, like, male friends, you know. You know the chicks that I don't have girlfriends? And I'm just like, that's because you're wayward. So something about you. So when I was reading this, and no, 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 when I was reading this, when I was reading this, and she was like, yeah, I don't really have girlfriends. Well, she was like, I have a lot of male friends so that when, you know, this guy cheats on me and stuff, and, oh, I only have my cat in my, no, a dog oh, in my life. Um, only dogs are, like, loyal creatures. That's not, you know, and wait, I was I just have, like, I, 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 I have to interrupt get you over yourself. Okay, pause. Firstly, please explain firstly, the story there. that whole section where she's talking about guys, like that was a lament. It wasn't, she wasn't trying to, you know, exalt herself. That's the first thing. Secondly, when she's like, she doesn't have many women friends, she says because she's no longer in that world anymore. Do you understand? So basically her friend, the world where ordinary women, she's now Billie Holiday. So she's in a- And I'm right for a freak and I still have girlfriends. No, man, for goodness sake. (laughs) Let let me land anyway. And basically what she says is that, okay, she has male friends yeah. who are basically like girl, and obviously what she's trying to say in she's around men a lot more. She's than ba- women. No, she's basically, she's basically trying. In my personal opinion, she's trying to say she's around gay men. 
Really? She, I didn't get that. That's what she's I trying to say. I thought these men want to sleep with her, but they can't because she has this old wedge No, no, thing. that's not what she's saying. I think she's saying she's around gay men. Mm, okay. Mm. That's I, never what, got, I never got that. I didn't that's get what that Zane either. Trying to, I, I definitely think that. Read it again. That's what she's trying to say. Mm. Do you understand? Um, I don't think she's trying to say that the men around her are trying to sleep with her. I definitely do. I, thought, I, I, I felt so. like it was just more like she needed that. She felt comfortable mm-hmm. around, like, around a lot of men. Just because based on... I don't know if any, like, have you Do you know... Have you read... Um, Lady Sings the Blues? Yeah. I've read half of it. And the kind of experiences, the mm. experience she had growing yeah, up, yeah, yeah. she felt comfortable yeah. with men rather than yeah. women because of like women weren't necessarily kind to her. And let's also not forget, she forget she's a bis- she's bisexual. Yeah. Also, what I did feel about this was that there was a serious, there was this like contradiction between how contrived and controlled the writing was, but then the character was not in control at all. It was more so like she was talking about. It was very hazy. In terms of yes. oh, there are men downstairs and gonna, they're going to take me to go and perform, but yeah. I don't know. I always arrive on time, but I'm not really. They're just there. Who I don't know who the guy is that tells them to take mm-hmm. me there. Yeah. Oh, I. Um, oh, some, God, somebody was trying. We're to literally work. missing out a, such an important part of where she's talking about the guys downstairs. Okay, she's basically you, saying right. that those guys have a stake in her finances. Yeah, but I mean, I, I'm not missing to, it. I know that they're trying to negotiate. But you're, you're basically saying, oh, she's, I've got a man downstairs waiting for me. No, but it's That's not that. It's like there are these men who are basically in control of her life, and she has absolutely no control of it. it like the only thing that possibly loves her is her dog. Essentially. Look at the time she wrote, she was great. No, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying oh. that there was that contradiction I liked. I liked the fact that the language was so contrived. Okay. I mean, I didn't like that she was not in control, but it was a good symbiosis. Symbiosis. Yeah. And okay. I don't know, it was just a bit... I mean, it was okay. I can't say I loved it. Mm. Did you go into the... But you went into this thinking, oh, Zadie Smith. So Therefore, you already had you, a prejudice. You already, yeah, you already started on the, on the wrong... Yeah, but who doesn't? Do you go into every novel being like, this is... Freddy Derek! Oh. <laughs> might, be, might be my doctor. Well, that's a really accurate description of what happens on our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like there's this like symbiosis that I quite liked. Mm-hmm. Um but it wasn't like incredible. Like it was. Oh my God, I was going to mention something. Um, I'll come, it'll come back to me. Yes. You forgot it? Yeah. Do you know what that means? In, no. So basically, it, was, it, was, it, was a, it means that whatever you're going to say, it was a lie. It actually wasn't. It was. Do you know what, but, do you know what, I, really, what I really liked about it is when she started talking about um, strange fruit mm-hmm. and how when she's, you know, giving a performance, everybody throws out their request and says, I want you to sing this, sing that, as if to say, her singing those songs takes nothing out of her emotionally. Okay. So she was like, I feel like a jukebox, but I wrote these songs. Like nobody asked me about what it was like when I wrote these songs or when I performed them. And suddenly I hit a note that I didn't, I've never hit before. And I suddenly I hit out of nowhere and I know it. But do you know what I mean? Those details. So I, it really started making me think that, you know, when, you know, when we go to concerts and stuff, I don't, when I've gone to concerts, I've never really seen people throwing out requests like that. They usually just do what they're doing. Do you yeah. know what I mean? But yeah, it's interesting that we really feel like... We're entitled to... When she said, I feel like a Jubo, it's kind of like, we really do commodify artists and musicians. You know, especially, I have to bring this up, the way the Bayhai movie Beyonce is so mad. <laughs> it's like, you belong to us. You need to drop an album now. You need to do this now. Blah, blah, like... Beyonce's forgiven her husband. Now, babe, you can't be forgiven Jay-Z because we don't forgive him. Like, it's so nuts mm. that people think that they have complete control that if, over if, these people. I think it's different, though, in the context that we're talking about. If mm. they are going up to her and saying, oh, sing this song, yeah. sing this song, where it's taking the control away from her, 
as an artist. But that's, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah exactly. Of course. Can it, I just say something? Can I just say something? Go ahead. Go ahead. So you. So what? I let me just get this clear. <laughs> so what you're saying is the beehive. Mm. Um. The beehive feel like they have a stake in Beyonce. Is that what you're saying? They, the way they talk is like they own her. They own her. Yes. Okay. So let me tell you about the beehive. <clears throat> First of all, Beyonce don't give a shit about us. Okay. <laughs> Beyonce doesn't care about us. Please let me land. Um, I just felt like you were going to talk, and I just had to simmer <laughs> you down. I'm just serious. Um, and most of the times, we're just really frustrated because we want music, right? because we like her stuff and we want music. But Beyonce will do things in her own time. And we will get an, a notification that she's posted something on on, on you know Instagram. And the first thing we'll say is, oh, this bitch. Okay. And because we know that she does things in her own time and we are not like the barbs or the carbs or the navy or whatever, like some swifters, I don't know, the crazy the demonic swifters. people. Wow. We do not demand of Beyonce. I just want to tell you that. Thank you. Okay. For, thank no, you no, 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 I'm not done yet. We do, oh, we no. never. You the cage. No, 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 like not in no cage. This is just a personal, this is like a public announcement. If you thought, you know, we do not demand of Beyonce. Beyonce does whatever she wants. Beyonce, we are in a real like, you know, one-sided relationship with Beyonce. I feel like you're, you're, a, you're a tame Beyonce fan no, compared no, to no, the no, ones no. that I see on no. Twitter. No, so this is it. People, we are all the same. We are all we've we've read, nah, that, we've read our manifesto. No, 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 please. <laughs> we have a manifesto. We read that Ray is the what European, I want to tell you the today. Head of the segment. A mayor. Was head it of ma- head of a mayor? Yeah. yeah. What I'm saying is the pe- people when we do nothing, we are just like you come for us, we come for you. But don't be mad because our energy is more than yours. So like, so, but if you don't come for us, okay. we're peaceful people. We just want to sit down and enjoy our music. We don't want to come for nobody. This is why this whole Barb's and Carbs, Nicki Minaj and Cardi, we just sit here like, our fave will never. Because but, we know that's not what we're about. But do you not feel- So we do not own Beyonce. Beyonce does not own us. Mm-hmm. We are just just but victims and all of this, but really. The thing, the thing is, Ray, when, <laughs> when you're really out here, when you're really out here saying, oh, Oh, you, I know you said Beyonce doesn't care about us. But she doesn't. But of course she sees what people say on, online. I think she has a private girl. Of, or co- of course, of course, of course she sees all of this stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like you know when people were on Frank Ocean. Frank, where's the album? Where's the album, Frank? Where's the album, Frank? And I remember seeing a tweet, and someone was like, "Why do fans feel so entitled mm. that they can be demanding?" Is it, a, is it entitlement? Like, of course, it, because feel, we just we just want music. You, exactly because you think they're jukeboxes. You feel like no, that's what it is. No, it's not a jukebox. It's more so you're a very talented human being and I would really love to you know it's like it's like when my favourite author like hasn't released a book I'm like man I'll be so excited if, if a book comes out and if it comes out I'm a pre-order that do you but know then why I mean? don't you just shut your mouth and wait for it but why do I no but why do why shouldn't I not talk because what do you mean why should you not as talk? in you're telling me shut your mouth and wait for the album yeah wait but for the album I have a voice if, the thing is I can talk Beyonce can listen or not she doesn't give a shit it does, no 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 it doesn't it's not she can listen or not what you've said, whether she's listening or not, she's heard it. Mm. And it will affect her in a way you may not even know. Yeah, but Do you understand? it probably will. It's not about you can listen or not. It's like you saying to someone, oh, you're no, this, you're that, you're to that. be honest, you know I, mean? I just feel like that's with anything you go through in life. I don't think it's an entitlement. An entitlement mm. will be like, so if she doesn't release an album, there's something, I'm going to do something to her. That's not entitlement. That's a I threat. feel like that's a, that's a I threat. feel like that's, that's entitlement. entitlement. Okay. So what about... So how much of it do you think takes out from takes from the artist with regards to mm. we're talking about with Billie Holiday mm. and stuff? Yeah. Because obviously if they're, if they're 
commanding that she or demanding that she sings Strange Fruit. Yeah. Which is quite a painful song. Yeah. And like, you know, she's just as you as they just commodify the artist to kind of just make these on how much do you think how can we change as consumers, for example? I think of with, the music? with jazz is different. I think with them it was, them it was racist though as well. Yeah. Racism. It, it, it wasn't, but then also jazz is different. There's a lot of emotional labor that goes into constructing a jazz rhythm, mm-hmm. jazz tune. Really? You know I mean? Of course there are. What? Of course there are. Yeah. How, how, how would you mean, of course? Like, and so, in terms of the way, the way someone's playing the sax. But isn't that just like a song? No. Any right. song? No. What's the difference? Oh, we'll talk after. <laughs> No, just tell me now. Like, what's the, the, difference? the difference is, one, how they're singing it, why they're singing it, where they're singing it, to who they're singing it. But isn't and that it, like every type of music? No, it's not, because you can make a brainless pop song that yeah. you can sing five times a week. Mm-hmm. But listening to Strange Fruit, of course you can't it's sing a, that five times. Because it's, it's really emotive. What she's talking about is real life. It's political. You know what I mean? It's emotionally draining to sing it in a way where people will relate to it. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? That's what, that's what makes... That's the difference between particular artists as well. They sing certain songs in a particular... When what, Kanye, like these conscious singers? Not conscious. When Kanye West was singing Dear Mama after his mum died, completely different performance to when he sang on the album. Why? Because the situation was different. The emotion he put into it was completely different. So the song became different. Do you understand what I'm saying? Does, does Beyonce ever sing Sandcastles live? She did it um, once when she, when she was pregnant. So she, would, and she hasn't sung it? I don't think I haven't heard it actually. And that kind of says something. Maybe. Because that was quite, yeah, that's that, quite. That's an emotional yeah. song. She's not. Mm. But if people keep demanding that she sang. Yeah, that. but nobody will demand that because it's not the age where she's like in a in a bloody restaurant performing at a club, and we're like, "B, please play." She's. Yeah, that's you don't even yeah, see her. Yeah, yeah I think we're, we're in superstardom. Yeah. 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 But yeah, it did. It did make me think. Oh, I wonder what albums I've listened to where the artist has put like some albums are just all emotional, all emotionally charged. But then you think, I thought, which song? has really kind of taken a lot out of the artist, you know, for them to put that song together, arranging the instruments, you know, do you know what I mean? The lyrics, the everything. I remember watching Jermaine Dupri talk about Usher when he was doing, um, when he put together Confessions. And he was yeah. like, when he performed Burn, he stripped completely naked and got in the booth and performed Burn. And he was just sw- Yo, seriously, that's, that's, what, that's what Dupri said. That's what he said, do you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's kind of like, wow, so to, to re- <laughs> Burn. Yeah, burn. That was a, of course, burn. A powerful yeah. song. Oh, it's a powerful song, Ray. Come on, it's a powerful song. <laughs> okay. Anyway, yeah. So I was thinking to re to literally have to re like for example, if it's traumatic to re to relive your trauma every single time yeah. you perform that tune, it's 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 a bit it's a bit mad, isn't it? Yeah. Really? Do you know what I mean? And demand that of you. It's like so you can kind of put the same to like poets. Yes, you could. Spoken word poets, and obviously, poems. you know, they're putting a lot. They're yeah. putting a lot out there, and they're putting a lot on the line, for example. Mm. So it's going to be different. Yeah. Yeah. Spoken word poetry is something that is just very topsy turvy for me. I don't think I could ever get used to it properly. Why? Because. Because you're a snob? <laughs> no. Why don't, I don't you know like spoken the cor- word? I don't know the correlation. Because it's usually people who are really into, let's say, for example, Byron or, you know, Percy Bushelli, these kind of poets. No, They're like, I don't just... like I don't like spoken word poetry. It all sounds the same to me. Yeah. No, that's not it. Um, Does it all sound the same to you? No, it's more so I'm, I get secondhand embarrassment if they fuck up. And so, like, the, every time I'm watching spoken word poetry, I'm thinking this what guy's going to mess up. up like, they're going to forget their words and they're like, oh, sorry. Um, or they're like, still for a bit to remember. And I get a lot of secondhand embarrassment. Um, and, yeah, and so every time I'm watching it, I'm thinking, please don't mess up. Why not just think, take your time? 
all the crowds that I've been because in, it's embarrassing. Support, they've usually supported the artist. Yeah, because embarrassing. it's embarrassing, isn't it? They have to. They... <laughs> You've got this! And I'm just You're like... <laughs> No, inside I'm like, yeah, you've got this, but really, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, no. I would hate to be you in this time. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So that's the one thing that I'm like apprehensive about spoken word poetry. I'm just, it's just like, oh man, if okay. you mess up, it's peak for you, isn't it? Yeah, that's fair. So yeah, not a snob. Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> Uh, anyway, guys, I suggest you guys go and read that. It's um, it's on the New Yorker. It's on the New Yorker. It's by Sadie Smith. But it's Smith. also in her book. Feel free. So go and. And there's an audio book. version as well, isn't there? So yeah. the bit. So on the New Yorker, there's the audio bit that's played. So you mm. just play the, um, the audio. You can just listen yeah. to it as you read, or yeah. listen to it while you're doing what you're doing. Cool. Fantastic. Alrighty. Okay, let's get some of the my. My favourite time now, guys. What's that? Mostly flicks. <laughs> Alright, guys, got mostly flicks, but it's not just a normal mostly flicks. It's a mostly doing? flicks. Where are you going? Because I'm like, <laughs> I'm really excited about this. No, so um, yeah, watching so too much yay, bro. Yeah. My yay is different to your yay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Okay, so mostly flicks. This episode, guys, we are discussing Get Out. <laughs> Hands up, who's seen it? Oh wow! Hands up if you it. haven't. <laughs> wow. Well, <Wow. laughs> you're going to see clips what, of it now. Person? Okay. Um, so we all watched it and I watched it again this morning. But just before we kind of dissect, just a general, like, how did you find the film? Derek. Okay, let's do this quick. Quick. I thought the film was overrated. Overrated? I thought it was overrated. I feel like people were really um, imposing meaning on things that it's just kind of like, oh, God, come on. Like, this is this is so obvious and you're going on like, you have to be some, you yeah. know. It's like Rick and Morty fans. They act like, oh, my God, there's so many <laughs> hidden messages in the cartoon or something. Do you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I thought it was really, really... So you didn't um, enjoy it? I mean, I enjoyed it, yeah. It, I enjoyed the experience of watching it with a lot of people in the cinema. Yeah. yeah. That's what you know enriched the experience for me. But right. I think if I was watching it at home by myself, I'd just be like, okay, this is all right. Okay, cool. Mm. Alex, how did you find Get Out? I felt uh, I thought Get Out was a trip. Mm. Okay. Um, like it had me on edge mm-hmm. for a better part of what three days mm-hmm. after watching it. I guess the best the best time to watch it is when you're in a group, yeah, people, like in a in a cinema setting. I mean, I do think it was well written. Yeah, and oh. I do think that I do think there were some brilliant yeah. actors in there, really, yeah. really good acting, and it does bring together a lot of serious points about race in America, yeah, and, and like for today, yeah, as well, mm-hmm. especially in twenty eighteen, um, you know, interracial relationships, liberal liberalism, police white, brutality, police brutality, yeah. all these different things. I think there was a lot to there is a lot to dissect in the film. I don't think there were too many. I think he put those in intentionally. It's not like he was, yeah trying to like be subtle with it. Like if it's explicit, it's explicit. That's it. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah. It was scary as hell. Um, mm. Yeah, I quite enjoyed it. And there was definite scary moments. Mm. I loved watching it in a group because... Obviously, the racial tension in the film can be really seen in the in the cinema. Mm. So, like, when there are like some funny parts, and you see maybe a white person laughing, and you're like, um, or like something happens, and obviously at the end there is that police scene, and man's just you know stabbed this woman, and then <laughs> and then you just hear the police, and the whole cinema just groan. They were like, oh man, yeah. and it's just something as simple yeah. as that will make you really. It really illustrates just the I state think of the world. Everybody was emotionally connected to the film yeah. in some in some way or another. Yeah. Like, there's no way to. Kind and of Daniel Kaluuya's um, American accent wasn't too bad, actually. No, it wasn't. Yeah, good, I was very convinced. Yeah. And that girl Rose, she's a monster. So, <laughs> what we're gonna do is we are going to um, play you guys a few clips that we will discuss, and please feel free to talk about it. Don't be shy. Um, Otherwise, we will pick on you guys. So please, like, you know, offer yourselves up. Get involved. Get involved. And it's going to be a fun discussion. So can we please have the first clip, please? Fantastic. You two make a lovely couple. Thanks. Ah, oh, where are my manners? Logan. Logan King. Chris was just telling me how he felt much more comfortable with my being here. That's nice. Um, 
Logan, I, I hate to tear you away, dear, but the Wincots were asking about you. <laughs> well, it was nice to meet you, Chris. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Hey, thank you. Yes, yeah, so I think we all recognize that scene as yeah. something that was hella crazy. I wanna I wanna ask the audience question about kind of like black expectation <laughs> for example yeah. when you go to a party or you go to you're at work That's or something and just thinking that another black person that you expect them to be to be down mm-hmm. do you know what i mean and then they're not down oh do you know what i mean very pertinent yeah. yeah yeah so i wanted to ask has anybody ever experienced that and if you have how did you kind of work around it i guess and we have a roving mic as well so even yes. though you won't hear it it's going to pick it up for our recording yeah. Um, should, should we go first or do you want to no no audience, I don't know audience. I think audience yeah, alright do you have you guys ever experienced another black person in the office who hasn't been with it or or conversely, right conversely the back, have you ever been a white person and you've gone up to yeah. another white person and they've started <laughs> acting a different way than you expected true equal opportunities perfect do you want to stand up so we can see you <laughs> sorry hi hi um, so recently at my workplace, they've employed a lot of um, black women. So last year, I was like one in three. Mm. And this year, they've employed about six more. Ooh. I went to the bathroom one day, <laughs> went into the toilet, and they were all just in the toilet. And I went, oh, look, all the black girls go to the toilet at the same time. And just as a joke, just as a joke. And then they just all turned and looked at me, and I was just like... Hey, so I'm just gonna go and use the toilet. I'll see you guys later. Mm. But um, I find it kind of weird because sometimes when you get into a workplace, you kind of look that black person mm. to connect with. But at the same time, we all subconsciously know not to do it too much. Yeah. We don't want to look like we're finding each other. So even like when we go to the pub, I end up like with black people, but not intentionally. Yeah, we've got that. Oh, you, you know, is this like the black people club or? Yeah. Yeah. Standing together, and it's just like, I'm sorry, but I haven't really got anything in common with you. So, mm. when I sat there talking, I don't feel like I'm engaged or yeah. say much. So, this is why, and I don't do it intentionally, honestly. And it's not to say that I don't have um, things in common with white people, mm. it's just the type of people that I work with, they're very middle class or from like private school, etc. So, when they talk about things, I'm just like, Yeah. Yeah. Can I, can I respond to you? Do you not feel like maybe you're limiting your ability to re- relate to other people by thinking like that do you not think that because you subconsciously think i've got nothing in comedies with these people do you know what i mean not even to be all kumbayarish but at the same time i can read a novel about somebody who's you know middle class in russia and relate to them in certain ways they might go through some things and i'm just kind of like yeah i know how you feel so i could have a conversation with that person if i ever met them because i know that they're, do you know what i mean there is kind of like a shared humanity when it comes to certain things that's not to say that racism important it is yeah. but it's underlying things so i think that sometimes me personally as well when i'm at work and stuff like that i subconsciously think 
I'm just not going to have anything in common with these people. And I've never had a conversation with them. And then one person surprises me. The person I'm supposed to have the least in common with becomes my dog. You know, that's becomes my friend. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know what you mean, but um, in my workplace, it's just really different because all mm. the young people are black. Yeah. Mm. And it's age is a, you know, big feature of that as well. So when I'm talking to people, they're really old and they do it as well when they start talking about things that I just don't know about. Yeah. So it's not necessarily race, there's other factors that play on that as well. Yeah. It's also age, it can be area, etc. So I'm not saying that I don't have things in common because with my department I have to stay with them all day. Yeah. But when we go to the pub, I don't want to talk about what we've been talking about all day. Yeah. I do like speaking to other people because mm. then you get to learn through them as yeah. well. So I'm not saying, okay, I must hang out with that because sometimes I don't want to talk about that. Mm. Or I don't want to go there, and, you know. I want to learn something. Else. Yeah. I, don't know stuff, so. I find that. Um, thank you. Thank you. I found. There's somebody else. I. Yeah. <laughs> um, I found that. Um, for example, recent like this week, there is. Um, there was obviously this partner and it's like black woman and stuff, and I was like yes you know it's gonna be done like she's you know mentor me blah 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 but it wasn't a natural like you know you host another black woman and they're maybe a bit higher than you just expect them to take them under your wing to protect you to shield you but sometimes that's not how it's like because yeah, they, they, it's a doggy dog, dog world and so you just have to see you as a threat I don't, well, think, I don't think a threat they just don't want to but this is it so sometimes so I, for me I've had to understand that you know what Sometimes you don't end like some people just don't enter the workplace trying to be your friend, regardless of mm. of the race uh, or that you are. And also, I think race plays a part, but I think class is like one of the biggest things at work because a lot of the times I'm not myself because they're talking about skiing in the south of France every December and oh, it's going to be so different this year. And I'm like, I've never skied in my life, like. I don't even, I can't even ice skate properly. Every time I go there, I'll always walk around the barriers. You know what I mean? And so when all like, when that conversation happens, a lot, I've talked about this with my girls. When there's like a group of black girls and we're having our conversation about something black, I don't know what it is, could be love and hip hop or something crazy. Um, and then a white person comes in, all of a sudden we'll stop talking about what we're talking about so that we can be more inclusive and so that they feel comfortable in our conversation. But when I've entered their conversation and they're talking about war and peace and I, I haven't watched it and I'm there looking very blank face, they don't, or I have not seen them try and change the conversation so they can be inclusive. So this is the thing that I think a lot of companies to understand. You can get so many black people in, but if they do not feel a part of the company, they're gonna leave and they're just gonna have so much dropouts because to be diverse is to be able to be inclusive. And that mentality needs to go not just like higher up, it needs to be everybody in 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 whatever company that you're working in. Mm. So that, yeah, that's what I think is quite... Um, we have on, some... Do you wanna hold on so we can do one more clip? All right. yeah, don't <laughs> can we do the next clip? Second clip, please. Oh, wow. 
Ken, you call me Dean and you're hungry, my man. Yeah. How are you? I'm good, how are you? We're huggers. <laughs> yeah. My mom, Mrs. Press. Nice to meet you. Anyway, yeah. Come on in. Yes. Come on in. How was your drive in? It was fine. We actually had a deer. Wow. Yeah. Is it dead? Yeah. Yeah, that's horrible. Wow. Are you guys alive? Yeah, it just brought us out. It did? Yeah, it came out of nowhere. We got it pretty good. Yeah, it's it must have fucked you out. Fucking weird. <laughs> well, you know what I say? I say one down, a couple hundred thousand to go. Yeah. No, I don't mean to get on my high horse, but I'm telling you, I do not like the deer. I'm sick of it. They're taking over. They're like rats. They're destroying the ecosystem. I see a dead deer on the side of the road, I think to myself, that's a start. I don't even understand that. I'm, I'm just sorry. saying. You know what? I am grateful for what you've done today. I don't like... We got that. Okay. Yeah. All right. You guys look so wiped out. Yeah. Yeah. So how long has this been going on? This, this thing? <laughs> how long? <laughs> Four months. Four months. Mm. Uh, five months, actually. She's right. I'm wrong. Attaboy. Better get used to saying that. <laughs> I, please, I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. She's right. I'm wrong. <laughs> See? Does he have an off button? This is exhausting. <laughs> I know. I want to give you a tour. Can you, like, gone. unpack first? You want to unpack? Before the tour? This is Missy's office. She takes appointments in there. She's a therapist, right? A psychiatrist, yeah. Yeah, it turns out people up here are just as messed up in the head as they are in the city. This is Jeremy. This is Rose's little brother. There he is. I've heard stories. Yeah, I bet you have. He's studying medicine now. He wants to be just like his old man. You'll meet him. All right, cool. He's up in Bali. That's uh, pretty eclectic. I'm a... I'm a traveler and I can't help it. I keep bringing souvenirs back. It's such a privilege to be able to experience another person's culture. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Oh, you're, you're gonna love this. My, my dad's claim to fame was beat by Jesse Owens in the qualifying round for the Berlin Olympics in 1936. Those are the ones where- Always one in front of Hitler. Yeah, what a moment, what a moment. I mean, Hitler's up there with all his perfect Aryan race bullshit. This black dude comes along, proves him wrong in front of the entire world. Amazing. Tough break for your dad, though. Yeah. He almost got over it. Uh, that's the basement. We had to seal it up. Some black mold down there. My mother loved her kitchen, so we keep a piece of her in here. Georgina, this is Chris. This is Rosa's boyfriend. Hi. Hello. The uh, garbage goes under the sink, uh, and now for the pièce de résistance. field of play. I love it. I'm, the nearest house is across the lake. It's total privacy. And 
know what you're thinking. What? Come on, I get it. White family, black servants, it's a total cliche. I wasn't gonna take you there. Well, you didn't have to, believe me. <laughs> no, uh, we hired Georgina and Walter to help care for my parents. When they died, I just, I, I, I couldn't bear to let them go. I mean, the boy, I hate the way it looks. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, by the way, I, I would have voted for Obama for a third term if I could. Best president in my lifetime, hands down. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Liberalism. Hmm. I want to... Um... I want to flip the first question that we asked around and just going on Ray's point where, you know, he was like, when, you know, white people have a conversation at work and then you join in and they don't change the conversation. I feel like if I walked up to a group of, of white people talking and then they change this conversation to something that they think that I would relate to and then they start talking about Obama, I would be equally as offended yeah. as if they didn't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I think that's what I was talking about. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's not yeah. what you're saying. I'm saying I'm, 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 I'm flipping it around. Yeah, I'm flipping it around. But that's just ridiculous because when like I don't know white people join the conversation, I don't start talking about Stalin or like I don't know somebody What's who Stalin? like I don't know somebody like white who I don't know I don't start talking about Trump. Okay, that was an, an example. For example, okay, so when when but, like when somebody that when is your like, friend when your friends when someone comes up to you and you're talking about yeah it will be like a seamless so what, you know what, I'll see someone is uncomfortable like not even uncomfortable I'll see someone doesn't understand so one I'll be like oh so this is what we're talking about mm-hmm. da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. and then I'll be like oh I've never been and then they'll start talking about it but then because they know that I'm standing it's just okay, courtesy okay, let me, to me okay, it's let me not even a, okay you're talking about love and hip hop yeah a white person comes <laughs> over I literally say how, we're talking about love and hip hop and how do you explain it to them and say and bring them into the conversation I will say I'm talking about love and hip hop mm-hmm. this this um, have you seen like these, you know, TV dramas like Kim, like Kim Kardashian, but with white people? No, like, it's, not, it's not the same. Say, but that's what, what I will say. What if they say, have you seen the Real Housewives of Cheshire? And then you're like, I'll be like, no, no. but have you seen the Real Housewives of Atlanta? They change the whole conversation to that. That's what I'm saying. So like, but it will be a more of a seamless change. I just don't understand. I don't think you guys know tact enough to no, be able to be like. The, so this is what the Obama, you know the Obama, what I mean? the Obama. That's me, obviously taking it to his, you know. Yeah, but that's, it, an, that's an extreme that is just bizarre, in my opinion. No, not like, really. Imagine that. That's that's a dumbass conversation. Not really, because there's been times where, let's for example, it's just so weird because I I actually do this as well. I do it the other way around. So when I started working. At Penguin, you know, there was a group of people, you know, I was the only black guy there having conversation. And it's interesting that you said that, you know, class is the different thing because there was a girl that was, she, was, she was telling me, oh, I'm working class, blah, blah, blah. And she then, told um, she that randomly? Yeah, she started, not randomly, but we were having a conversation. And then she started talking about, um, like, Jay Haas and Stormzy and all this kind of stuff. And then I thought, okay, I started talking about the Smiths and Morrissey. Do you know what I mean? Because I was trying to, I was trying to outdo her. Like, one up. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of just like, at what point do we say these are the things that are common to all of us, but they're not distinct by race, do you understand? And it won't make for any kind of misinterpretation at all. What are those things? I don't know, but what I think needs to be important is there needs to be that dialogue so that 
if you see somebody does not know what you're talking about, mm -hmm. explain it to them, talk to them about it. A lot of the times, all you need is that inclusion. Oh, so what do you think about this? I'll say, oh, I don't know. Oh, okay, let me tell you. So it's it's very easy. Just people just don't know how to do it. It's just very, it's very easy. It's a, it's a common thing. It's what you do around friendship. Okay. Like we have a question and right the, there. Yeah, sure. Um, do we have a mic? Because yeah. just so that we can have it. Oh, oh mic. Okay. okay. After Satya, we'll come okay. to you. So it's just basically around what you guys were saying. And I find it very interesting, the anxiety and the preoccupation with including white people and whiteness. And I just, it's just a fu very funny conversation to hear. Like, if you, you know... If you gravitate towards other black people, why is there an anxiety about it? Why can you not be apologetic about uh, unapologetic about that and just go to where you see something in common? Why do you really, you know, care about what other white people, you know, do they care about that when they're going towards the people that they gravitate towards, you yeah. know? And it might be at your exclusion, you know? So mm. I just feel like it's a bit of a no shade, just a bit of a moot point. Like, I, why do you care? But I think people care because, one, we are not a majority. So just because, as in, I, I totally agree with what, what you're saying, but I think people care because you are noticed. One black woman amongst a field of white faces, whether where you go, you are seen. So I think the anxiety comes from you thinking, oh shit, would they think that I'm not being you know, social enough because I'm only gravitating towards black people. You will still think it, like even though, for example, where I'm at, like I have a, a, a really solid foundation of black girls who I literally hang around with every single day. I have no business hanging around with anybody else because I'm there to work and leave and hang out with my friends. However, we have had that conversation of, oh, do you think that maybe... And then it's like, mm, yeah, but who cares, as you say. But that conversation, a lot of people have it and a lot of times you feel it and it's just... It's the confidence of getting to that stage of actually I can gravitate who I want and a lot of people don't have that confidence, I don't think. Mm -hmm. I think I just reached a stage within those environments where I just don't tend to care anymore because I've been so used to being the only one for a while, mm. especially, when, especially when there are other black people in those environments that don't necessarily, that aren't necessarily inviting or kind of yeah. accepting sort of thing. So you mm. just become quite like not reclusive, but you just indifferent. Tool. Yeah, you're, yeah there, I, you just do, mm. you're there to do your job and go. Sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. Anyway, next question. Wait, do I have to stand up? Cool. Yeah, we can see you. <laughs> um, I think I think some of the things you're talking about are a lot are in like more extreme examples. Yeah. I think you said something about boys and ends. Mm. I think you, that means you have friends who wouldn't feel comfortable with servants regardless of what you say on the mm. So I think there's like a an obligation to make people feel comfortable with a head nod mm. or like a or small wagwan or a spud. But in terms of like the previous scene for me is the scariest scene in the film mm. because it's that awkward sort of line between funny and scary. Mm. Like, there's a bunch of people wanting to talk to you because they they've seen the word diversity mm. and all they want to do is remind you that you're black. Instead of talking to you about what, like you, you're wearing, you know, your camera, your mm. this, your that, and that's the point. It's not really about. It's not really about sort of picking topics that like I went to a train station and a white guy, a white guy said hello to me and asked me if I listened to D double E. That's dead. Mm. That's dead. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's about like. How did you get here today? Do you know what I mean? Do you need help? What are you mm. looking for? Yeah. Those are the things we're talking about. I don't think it's about 
you Stalin or what's a white topic and a black topic. That's, yeah. that's a dangerous and it's a slippery slope. Mm. You're just going to offend everyone everywhere you go. Mm. The reason Get Out for me is a sick movie is because it's the perfect, like I said before, in between the funny and scary. It's like, how do you make people feel uncomfortable and sort of on the inside? Yeah. Based on what you're saying. It's not just yeah. about an external, uh, an external mm. thing. And that's what kind of shakes you up about it yeah. as well it's because, you're, so because you're, so, you're, you're actually rattled yeah. <laughs> that's a really good point yeah that is a very good point do we have clip, clip three let's go three yeah all right can we play clip three please can we have clip three thank you Keys? I'm gonna put the, the bags in the trunk. Okay. Um, yeah, they are in here somewhere. It's just a matter of finding them. Are you okay? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Take me a second. Hey, uh. Well, you can't find those keys. <laughs> no, I can never find them. Let's do something new. Yeah. Would anyone like tea? No, I'm good. We leaving actually. Really? Why? Is something wrong? Rose? His dog got really sick, so he has to be at the vet first thing in the morning. Oh, yeah. Oh, how terrible. Rose keys. Looking. Rose? What is your purpose, Chris? What? In life, what is your purpose? Right now, it's, it's finding those keys. <laughs> Fire. It's a reflection of our own mortality. We're born, we breathe, and we die. Rose? Even the sun will die someday. But we are divine. We are the gods trapped in cocoons. Rose. I don't know where they are. Rose? Rose! Rose, give me those keys! Rose, give me those keys. Rose, no! No, the keys! Oh, 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 be careful, bro. What the fuck? I didn't do anything. What the fuck is going on? Where are those keys, Rose? <laughs> you know I can't give you the keys, right, babe? <laughs> First of all, this Rose heifer. <laughs> Where them keys oh, like, Honestly, like when I when I watched this and I watched it the second time, I was like, the person who is actually the devil in this whole film yeah. is Rose. <gasps> She's a really great actress though, because the whole time I was like, Rose did, yeah, is innocent. Did anybody see it coming? No. No, I saw it coming when we saw the photos. Remember just before the scene, oh, yeah. he's in the like the little cupboard and seeing the photos of all the people that she's entrapped with mm-hmm. her, you know, 
devilism. And so when I saw that, mm. that's when I was like, there's not something not right here with this one. Yeah. And yeah. It's, the, it's that switch because she's got you all the way up until the end, until he's broken. Where the keys, Rose? To the point where he's completely broken. And yeah. Like, I can't give you them. And that's when they... Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. That's, I, that, I've, I've got a question to ask, actually, <laughs> regarding, like, you know, interracial relationships. And I just want to ask the audience, mm. if anybody's ever been in one, have you ever felt trapped in the other person's culture? You ever felt like you couldn't actually be who you are, in, in, you know, in all of your cultural splendour and all that kind of thing? So I want to ask that question if anyone... Anyone wants to tell the truth, you know? <laughs> ah, yeah, we've yeah. got someone there. Does here. anyone know where the mic is? Yes, Clarissa has the mic. Okay, fantastic. Here, Clarissa. Just Sign general. the white shirt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't. Not Loud, I can't hear you. Yeah. Um, you can feel entrapped, especially when you visit a country. And um, I was with a Filipino girl and I'm Colombian. You just can't hear you. Oh, yeah. you can't, can you hear me now? Yeah. yeah. We're only doing this because of the recording. So oh, okay. It's cool. fine. Just speak louder. <laughs> speak louder. Yeah. I was with, um, with a Filipino girl and I'm Colombian and I went back to her bits. Yeah. Philipp- the Philippines. And um, we're very affectionate. Colum- Latin American people are very affectionate mm. and we're very you know, hands on. Yeah. It was it was a total culture shock for me. Although we were both colonized by the same, you know, by the Spanish. Yeah. They're very reserved in that sense. Um, there's no warmth mm. when you you know what I mean. So you can feel really put out of place. Mm. Did you feel like that towards her, or no, was no, it just her family? Her family, yeah. Family, yeah. It was a shock for me because I thought they'll be they'll be warmer. Yeah. yeah. It so wasn't sense. at that point, did you feel like? And it's, you so should, it wasn't just the family, it was yeah. like, it was just the, the people culture. in town. The culture. Yeah, yeah, in general. It wasn't just the family, it was just the people in town. Yeah. They were, I don't know, maybe, I'm, I mean, when I was there, they used to call me like an Asting, mm. which in their language meant like the like the cool foreigner. Mm. They used to, I don't know, had to explain it, but it was like, um, I felt that maybe, I don't know, it could, it could have been intimidation. Mm. Because they, they maybe they felt that they had nothing to speak to me about, yeah. nothing to relate with me. But then at, at that point, did you ever feel like, should you, I guess, n- impose a little bit of your culture and get warmer towards them or just, do, or just accept how they are? No, 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 no. That's, um, I never shied away from who I am, what I believe and who I was. Mm. And I think, as, as he was saying, when you just go, when you go past that bit, you're able to relate with people on a different level because mm. you're, you're, not, you're not looking for differences anymore. You're looking, as you said earlier, you're looking at what connects you as a human. Yeah. Because we, although we're all from different cultures, we all have the same experiences in life, mm. ups and downs, and we, and we and we relate to that. Yeah. Together, so it's, it's like when you when you can when you can meet people and you can focus on that when you can speak about those things, there's no oh there's no oh you're black oh you're white oh you're Asian, and it's hard to relate in that sense. Mm. Just like I don't know. I think the hardship comes from I guess other people's imp- other people's the ideas of you two as a union because you can be so cool with someone on that level yeah. but I guess when you have families and cultures and people in town and they're imposing all these ideals into your your different cultures that could be quite hard to deal with as, as a couple I guess mm. yeah I mean I'll agree to an extent mm. I mean I get what you're saying but um the best way to put it for me was like um, he was just saying like food as well like when you're, like for example, like my ex-girlfriend, she's not here anymore, but my ex-girlfriend, she like, she loves all our food and the 
dance and the culture mm. and mm. and that side of it. So she talks to her family about what what she used to talk to her family about what would intrigue her in that sense. Mm. You see what I mean, and vice versa. But that's because we were able to like push through that barrier of mm. oh, you're this and you're that. Yeah. No, we and we never saw it like that. We just we just pushed through straight. Yeah. You see what I mean? And yeah. it became you, you guys. Yeah. It became mm. we. What well, we were, yeah. 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 And then yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Nice. Cool. Any other Thank questions? You. Or... Um, should we just play the, let's play the last clip? Is there four? Is there four? Oh, is there four? I thought there was three. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, my, oh, my bad. Sorry. Any more, <laughs> any more questions? Do you have any more questions? That, I, actually, I do want to hear another perspective on that, actually, about feeling trapped in another person's culture when you've dated interracially. And nobody want to share like that. Nobody wants to be. No. <laughs> Maybe you can. Nice to a group, you know. You won't leave this room, don't worry. You can tell the truth. What happens at the BFI? Oh, we got a question. We got something at the back. What I was going to say, um, are you going to base about religion as well? Yeah, that's part of it. It's all part of it. Um, Just quickly, because you're asking about um, interrelational relationships, Mm. but what about, like, your own culture? Do you Mm. ever feel that you're being forced into your own culture. So, for instance, I'm from Nigeria, but I'm British-born. My parents are from Nigeria. And sometimes, like my cousins will tell you, I like to embrace certain parts of my culture, but not all of it. Mm. Because I believe that... I believe in this thing called blended culture now. So Mm. in this day and age, you can have a blended culture. So I listen to all types of music. I don't limit myself. I like to try out new... um, different cultures etc so when like my aunties and stuff see me they're probably like oh why don't you do this like you know just a normal Nigerian girl or when you get married you're gonna do this Mm. I'm just like no I'm really not (laughs) and sometimes you can get trapped into your own culture which is um, and the um, product of that is trapping someone else into your culture because you already are so trapped into your culture, you're forcing someone else to be trapped into your culture. Yeah. So I feel like sometimes it's not necessarily about interrelational um, relationships, but also your relationship with yourself and your own yeah. culture as well yeah. because you don't want to be the person trapping someone else. So how do we stop that in terms of... I mean, I love my culture, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I love it. I love being Nigerian. I love I, I love everything about it. But there's just certain things within the culture where I'm just like, yeah, you lot, I'm going to have to leave that at the door uh, yeah, because yeah. I'm not with it completely. I guess it's probably to do with how you've experienced your own culture, right? If, you, if there's parts of your culture that you've completely had a negative experience about, and you're going to shun those sides of you, I guess. I don't know. I feel like that's probably one, that's probably one aspect of it. I mean, I think us being like... Black British, you know, we've have we, we have to accept like what what you're saying is that there's a melting pot of cultures. Mm-hmm. You have to be open, you know what I mean? You can't be insular being black British. No. You know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense because you go to the ends, there's, you know, people there's, there's there's Bangladeshi, there's there's Pakistanis, there's there's Ghanaians, there's Nigerians, there's there's Irish, them you know what I mean, there's English and there's so so many things, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So and you have to 
you you do you do take from those those certain things. Do you know what I mean? Like, and you do sub. It's even subconscious. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. it, when I'm talking to someone and it's like, if they they say something, I'll joke and say, "Oh, do for the copan." Do you know what I mean? And it's like, where did I get that from? Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah. So little things like that. It just you, yeah, you 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 embrace and you take and you borrow and you then you become black British. Do you understand yeah. what I mean? I think that um, a lot of things with regards to like conflicts of identity arise from. I mean, I, I can only speak personally, but it's not even that you are inflicting yourself. It's more so like what your parents and your care caregivers have told you to constrict yourself within. And as much as you don't want to be insular and there is like so many people around you, it can be very easy to be entrapped in one one way of thinking because that is what somebody has told you is the right way of living your life. And I think you can have so many different, like the world is filled with different people, but how is it that we can only see one way and we have so much like conflicts with other people who are different to us and have differences. Mm. And so I think that one, <laughs> therapy girl, um, I do think that you need to look inside yourself and sit down and think, okay, what do I like about this particular culture and this particular way of living what don't I like about it and it is absolutely fine to pick and and put to rest other things and and make something unique to you that is healthy for you because otherwise you're just going to kill yourself do you know what I mean I think the the bad thing about the diasporic identity is like you're treading this these two like tectonic plates and you're in the middle and they're shifting and you feel like you're losing your way. But I think there's also beauty in that only if you have the freedom, if you have the freedom to pick and choose, then it's amazing. But you need to find that freedom for yourself because you can't allow people to tell you that this is the right way and you have to accept this way of life, the good, the bad, the ugly. No, I'm good with just the good. Yeah. Like my yeah. ugly can come from somewhere else. Yeah. Mm, you're I don't know about all that. Yeah, you're, what, you're trying to tell me that you can't, you can't create. If you have the freedom to, I think it's important for you to pick the good thing. I think a lot of the time... It is for you to create that path. What is so bad about that? I don't know. I didn't say there's anything bad about it. So why don't you agree with that? I kind of think that when you take something that's good from a culture, conversely, I mean, the, the opposite end of that thing you've taken is good could end up being bad. Sorry. Okay. Um, any more questions? <laughs> no. Um, we come to the end. Yes. <sighs> but, um, yes. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you, and guys. Thank you so much for coming and listening to us again and again. Um, make sure you subscribe, rate, review on iTunes and anywhere you find podcasts. We're on every Monday. Um, and hit us up on social media. And mostly, yeah, thank you, guys. Yeah, Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.